Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This week on Wealth Track, an exclusive sit-down with Artisan International Fund's Mark Yockey. Where in the world is this great investor finding sustainable growth at reasonable prices? His answers are next on Consuelo Mac Wealth Track. Hello and welcome to this edition of Wealth Track. I'm Consuelo Mack. With episodic exceptions, the U.S. has been the place to invest since the global financial crisis. Now, there have been occasional bouts of outperformance by European and emerging markets, by some specific geographical locales and individual countries, but overall, the U.S. market's trajectory has been higher, the U.S. economy stronger, and the dollar dominant. The past year is a case in point. No matter where you looked around the world, currencies weakened against the dollar. From the Japanese yen and the Swiss franc, to the Indian rupee and the South Korean won, to the British pound and the euro, to the Chilean peso and the Brazilian real. It has been a challenging time for global investors, especially those running international funds. This week's guest is up to the challenge and has been investing overseas for three decades. He is Mark Yockey, founding partner of Artisan Partners Global Equity Team, where he oversees $24.4 billion in assets. He is longtime portfolio manager of the flagship Artisan International Fund, which he launched in 1995 and for which Yockey was named Morningstar's International Stock Fund Manager of the Year in 1998 and finalist in 2012. Artisan International, which is a bronze medalist analyst rating from Morningstar, recently reopened to new investors, having been closed for several years. Now, Yaki and his team also oversee the newer Artisan Global Equity Fund, which he launched in 2010, to include U.S. investments. Global Equity has also earned a bronze medalist rating. Although the two funds have many overlapping holdings and have both beaten their respective benchmarks, The ability to invest in the U.S. has made a big difference in performance. Artisan Global Equity's five-year annualized returns of nearly 8% dwarf Artisan International's five-year 2.5% returns. I asked Yaki if he expects the American market's performance advantage to continue. Consuelo, I think it will. Um, The U.S. is good at some industries that the rest of the world is not very good at. And some of these industries we dominate. Some of these industries that I'm thinking about are things like technology, big chunks of technology we dominate. You think about Amazon or Google or Facebook. Um, Much of the software space is dominated by American companies. And these companies simply don't exist outside the United States with, you know, maybe a few exceptions. And then you think about biotechnology. That's largely driven by the United States and innovations and most innovations in healthcare, not Certainly not all, but many innovations in healthcare are driven by what's going on in the United States. So I think, you know, as long as these growth industries of the future are dominated by what's going on in the United States, you know, you're going to have opportunities to invest in things here that you don't have in other parts of the, of the world. 
And how long do you think the dominance will continue? Because I'm thinking, you know, there are all these statistics about the number of new patents, for instance, that are being issued globally, and the Chinese are absolutely dominating, um, you know, new patents, new ideas, new technologies. Do you see any uh, immediate threat to our te technological dominance, for instance, or our, our dominance in drug creation, or? No, I don't. You don't. Um, I, I think it's going to be a long time before the Chinese catch up in these new industries. They're two to three generations behind in chip production, for example. They're totally dependent. Many of their companies on NVIDIA's chip. Mm -hmm. And um, in the biotechnology area, they're just beginning to do research in many areas of biotechnology. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to, in 20, 25 years from now, it, it may be a different story. But as long as, uh, as, long as people continue to innovate in this country and innovation is rewarded. You know, if you're an entrepreneur in the United States, um, you, you, can, you can benefit a lot from, the, from your innovations. And right. in, in many other countries, and possibly China, not always, but sometimes um, you don't always enjoy the benefits of those innovations. And gee, that makes a difference? <laughs> it does. Mark, does it? I mean, does. Do you think that growth is going to continue to outperform value? I do. I do. I think a lot of value stocks are value traps because it's a digital economy today. There are businesses that, um, that added a lot of value in the past are being disintermediated. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about taxis and Uber. I'm talking right. about you know, software companies replacing other companies that provided the same service and now you can buy it through software at, at a quarter of the price. Uh, a lot of you know industrial companies are 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 being disintermediated by other companies, and so um, you know we'd like to find companies. That, part one of our sort of pillars of our investment style is to find areas where there's not a lot of competition. Right. Because if we can find areas where there's not a lot of competition, you typically have more pricing flexibility, and you'd like to have the ability to raise prices. And that's why these data providers, companies like that, are so valuable because they can raise prices because they're little monopolies. So if, if I look at the, uh, the global equity fund versus the international fund, for instance, what kinds of companies have made the biggest difference for the global equity fund that you couldn't invest in in the international fund? So the software area has been the biggest mm -hmm. difference in, in a, a couple of companies in the healthcare sector. Yep. Um, things like, name some uh, names. Mm -hmm. so in the tool sector, you know, we like the companies that make the, the tools that allow um, medical research to be done. Companies like Danaher, companies mm -hmm. like Perkin Elmer, um, companies like BioRad. Um, th these companies, are, these industries are dominated by U.S. companies. Fangs, for instance? The, the, or? the fangs. Now, what we've done is... Um, yeah, what we, what we, have you done with the fangs? Well, we put a couple of the fangs in the international fund. Right. And you might say, well, they're not exactly international. But in our view, they are unique companies that operate globally. So a very small part of the international fund is invested in U.S. companies. Right. Uh, and, um, and I think these it's 14% are, or something and, in, and, right, and international. These are, and these are mainly fangs. Right. Um, now, at Artisan, you describe the kind of companies you buy, uh, basically, as having sustainable growth at reasonable prices. So what does sustainable growth mean? What are you looking for? So, Consuelo, that means we're looking for companies that are not going to be around for a year or two years or three years. They're going to be around for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Companies that continue to innovate, companies that continue to grow. Nestle, we've owned for over 15 years. It's been a wonderful stock. It's more than tripled. It may have quadrupled. 
and you think that's a big, dumb, boring food company, but right. actually it's terribly innovative. They have great products. They're respected around the world. They're a great beneficiary of globalization and the rest of the world incomes growing so that you can afford to buy some of Nestle's products. And they've constantly rotated out of these old businesses like fish sticks. If mm -hmm. you remember fish sticks, I haven't had one for <laughs> yes, a while, vaguely. but right. I used to have a lot of them. And now, you know, people don't eat so many fish sticks. And now they're in things like coffee, where you mm -hmm. make the really high quality coffee at home. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, they just bought out Starbucks um, coffee on the shelf um, business. So they're moving from low value added products into high value added products. And the beneficiary of that um, has been the shareholder of which one of the biggest. And, and just to, as the U.S. has certain companies that aren't, that you can't find outside the United States. Right. Internationally, there's some really unique companies, too, that, that we've been able to invest in over the last 15 years that have really helped the international fund, you know, perform at different times extremely well. Right. And Nestle is one of those. And what are some of the other, you know, international companies, internationally based that you own uh, in, in the international fund that have that you think are going to have the same kind of uh, you know performance sustainability and innovation that you that we're talking about in Nestle. So there's a our, our largest holding is a company called Linda. Lind, right. And it's a merger of a U.S. company that used to be called Praxair and a German company called Linda, and they put them together. And the authorities have made each business sell off each company sell off some of their assets. But what's happened is they've been able to keep their best assets. And so you've taken two really good companies together and you've made an even better company now. And so fundamentally the industry is wonderful. And secondly, the management is outstanding and it's highly cash generative and it's highly stable. And if we ever do have a slowdown in the global economy, Linda is going to outperform everybody. It always has in every recession over the last 20 years. And, and Linda is the top holding in both of your portfolios, both yes. of, right, the, ex, yes. the global and yes. the international, yes. right. And, uh, and Linda is in industrial gases, is that right? And right. It's something that... So, you, I mean, what is it that is so great about it? Well, you use industrial gases for everything. Nobody, yeah. nobody realizes it, but you use it for everything. So industrial gases are used at hospitals, oxygen. Mm -hmm. They're used to get uh, oil out of... Um, out of the ground, when, mm -hmm. when the oil wells start to run down, you pump in um, industrial gas to get the oil oh, and gas right. out of the ground. Um, they're used to, uh, industrial gas is used to freeze frozen peas, if you have any frozen peas in the refrigerator mm -hmm. for, you know, for a cold stormy night. Um, so it's, it's one of those, right, components or whatever that, that's used in just about everything, that every, none of us had a clue. That, and it's the best right. business in the world. Right. All right, one of the best businesses in the world. <laughs> All right, what's another best business in the world that, that you, you might have in international and in global equity as well? Well, so there, there's these other group of stocks that we like a lot, and they're the exchanges. And our second biggest holding is Deutsche Börse. Mm -hmm. It's the German stock market, but that's not why you own it. You own it for the derivatives exchanges that they have. And the regulators 10 years ago said, after Lehman and all the problems of that right. bankruptcy, they had to tra trade products on exchange. And so all of the holders of the exchanges around the world have been beneficiaries of that because a lot of trading was done over the counter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's all moved on to exchange. And if you own one of these exchanges, you've done extremely well. And then derivatives trading grows every year. And these guys get a little slice every time there's a trade. 
and they also own the the, um, the the repository for all the for all the stocks and bonds in in Europe. They have 13 trillion dollars in in the in Clearstream, and they get paid a little bit of that, a little bit to to hold those assets, and that's worth three or four hundred million dollars a year. They're going to make acquisitions. It's doubled since we bought it, and we think it's probably going to double again. We own the London Stock uh-huh. Exchange as well. That's been a great stock for us. And Deutsche Börse has been a great stock. We own ICE in the, in the uh, global portfolio, and we own the CME. So the, the exchanges are just fantastic. One of the, uh, the approaches that Artisan is known for is that you identify themes, that big themes that you want to participate in, and certainly the exchanges are part of your financial services theme. And what other kinds of financial service companies are you investing in? We like the insurance brokers. And it sounds like a terribly boring industry, mm-hmm. but actually, as an investor, when you see something like this, it's actually pretty exciting. Because there's very little competition, it tends to be a rather small industry that, um, with a, a few number of providers and mm-hmm. a large number of, of customers, so that means that you have um, not very much competition uh, in some areas. And these companies are highly cash generative. They also have big consultancies. And if you think about all the new risks that are, go- that are possible in the world today that we haven't thought about in the past, things like cyber risk and terrorist risk, and pollution risk and climate risk. There, so the insurance companies assess all of those risks and that they, they have con- actually consultants that the, will advise companies yes, as a yes. side business. So, sure, because if you're a company, yeah. h- how much uh, climate exchange, uh, how much climate insurance do you need to have? Right. Or how much, you know, terrorist risk insurance do you need to have? And so what they have is they have the data. And and the companies, an individual company buying insurance doesn't have the data because he's not able to access every every company in the world. Right. These companies that are in between can access all the data so they know what these risks are and how to price them. And it's a great business because, you know what, the world, you know, things happen. And, yeah. and you need insurance. How interesting, you would think. Again, the insurance industry is a growth industry. Um, some other things. Demographics is another theme that you've identified. What part of demographics? So mainly it's the, on the medical side. So mm-hmm. things like Medtronic, and, and they're involved in diabetes care and you know, Western Europe and the United States and Japan are right. rapidly aging societies, and we're going to use more healthcare as we get older. Mm-hmm. And companies like Medtronic, which is cheap as dirt, mm-hmm. uh, is is going to be a big beneficiary of that. So why why is Medtronic cheap as dirt? What's what what is the misperception in the market about it? Do you think? Well, they made a, a, an acquisition a few years ago, and we own the company that they bought, mm-hmm. so we benefited there. We right. kept the stock, and they probably overpaid for our acquisition mm-hmm. five years ago or so, and so they've been uh, sort of digesting it, mm-hmm. and it's taken them a little longer than possibly it should have, but now we think that they're through this, and they have a bunch of new products coming out. So there's wonderful advance, advances coming in. It's, it's, some of these things are fantastic. For right. diabetes care, you have continuous glucose monitoring, so you can you know, get, your, get your insulin as you right. need it. And it just improves the lives of people by, by a factor of 10. Um, so that's demographics. Technology, we talked a little bit about it. Which areas are you most excited about in technology? 
So I'm, I'm going to sound very boring, but the, uh, these fangs, mm-hmm. we're not so big about the A in fang, but we're pretty big on the F and the N and the G. Right. So you mean... Uh, Facebook, uh, uh, well, well, I mean, it's good. So sometimes it's F-A-A, so sometimes it's yeah. Apple and Amazon. So we, we like Amazon a lot. You do, but we, not Apple. Not, not Apple so much. We think they've got issues longer term. Okay. It's been a wonderful company. Right. Um, so let, let me stop you there. So, so what is it that, so you don't own Apple? Don't own Apple. Right. And what's changed about Apple that makes you less enthusiastic about its growth prospects or business prospects? Well, I think they're getting, they're running up against the ceiling where they can keep raising prices. And, right. And when you get up to $1,000 a phone and people are going to s- slow down the replacement cycle mm-hmm. of, of buying new phones, because everyone has a smartphone now in the world. Right. And so you, you have to, it's you, it's you and I, it's you and me buying a new phone. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, if we say the new phone is pretty much the same as the old phone, why should we get a new phone, you know? And so you see that playing out more and more in, in Apple's case. So, so I, w- I would suspect it's going to slow down. But it, it throws off a ton of cash. Right. It's not very expensive, you know. So there's some reasons to think it isn't going to be a disaster. But it isn't something where we see a lot of growth there. We, right. we like Microsoft much better. Mm-hmm. We like because uh, of cloud or cloud services, because or? of cloud and because of every the, the, the new management is is really good, really mm-hmm. strong. They're buying back stock. They the highly cash generative. Um, Amazon, you mentioned. Amazon, Amazon is the cloud business is fantastic. Right. The retail business uh, barely breaks even, but that's only because they make money, but not very much. Because they keep reinvesting in it, right? They're investing massively, building out their own infrastructure, and when that reaches maturity, they're going to be highly cash generative. Do you see any end in sight to Amazon? Well, if you look at total retail sales, there's still a relatively small piece of retail sales. Right. Um, So there's lots of room to grow. The thing that's impressive to to me is that this prime membership. I yes. don't know if you're a Prime member, but yes. I'm, I'm guessing you are, mm-hmm. and I am. It's all the people that that uh, that make money in the in in the United States right. and all over the world. Mm-hmm. So their customer base is a highly affluent customer base that they're going to continue to sell more products to. Right. And as long as the as long as the offer is a good offer, and we get more than what we think we're, we're paying for, mm-hmm. then we're going to continue to use it. And that's a wonderful, you know, it generates between 5 and $10 billion in cash, just the 100 bucks a year they get from, from, um, from Prime membership. Right. At Netflix, do you own Netflix? No, we missed it. Okay. Oh, so you missed it. Sadly. Right. We don't talk about that one in the office. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Alphabet, Google, clearly you own. Google, we love Google. And, same, right. Same story. All right, so those are so you know it's it's so interesting. Those are core holdings. A lot of people own them. They're a big component of the you know of the market, U.S. market. Yep. And but that's okay as far as you're concerned. Yep. Yep. Infrastructure is another area uh, that that you're that Artisan has identified as a theme. So some examples of that that you think are we should know about. So we own this company called Vinci mm-hmm. in France, mm-hmm. and they own airports, and they own um, uh, they own the second largest construction company in France, mm-hmm. and it's uh, highly profitable. And the contracting business is only three or four companies, major companies that do all the contracting, and they make very attractive margins. It's a very low capital commitment, so that they tend to be very high 
uh, profitability, mm -hmm. and they turn their assets, you know, four or five times a year. So it tends to be highly cash generative, and um, we think that company is going to keep growing. So that's a great story, and it's cheap. I meant to ask you in, in the, in, under the technology theme about artificial intelligence. Is that an area that you're investing in? And if so, where? Well, we're doing it through Google and through Facebook. All right, which are spending a ton of money, a ton each of money. on and, right, artificial and, intelligence. And Microsoft, too. Right. And, and I, I've met the heads of um, AI for Microsoft and for, for Facebook. The Facebook uh, head of AI is a, a French guy. The French are really strong on, uh, mm -hmm. on mathematics and artificial intelligence in this whole area of research. But we think it's going to be a, a big area, but uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's probably another area where the U.S. companies are going to dominate. Wirecard is another company that you're invested in in both portfolios. What, mm -hmm. What's the story with Wirecard? So Wirecard's a German payment processor. And uh, the, the world is, uh, there's a couple of big trends going on. Mm -hmm. One is e-commerce. So people want to buy things online, whether it be from Amazon or whether it be from wherever. Right. And the other thing is people are using cash less. You know, yes. People aren't writing checks. People are paying with their credit cards. And so there's companies that specialize in processing these payments. And these companies think about things like PayPal, think about uh, companies like... Uh, Okay, MasterCard. MasterCard. Visa. Think about Visa. Yeah. You know, there, there's a bunch of these companies. Right. And, and other names that, that are sort of doing the plumbing. And, and Wirecard is sort of in the plumbing business. Oh, it is. For, for you know, internet, e-commerce. And now what they're doing is they're calling it omnichannel. Because if you're a retailer or you're, a, you, you, you're selling something either to another business or to a, to a consumer, you... Um, have customers that are going to transact online. Some are going to do it in the store. Um, you, you, and you want to have a payment processing system that will process payments no matter how the customer, you, you, if you, you just want the money, right? So right, you sure. want to, you want, and you want to facilitate it. You want to make sure that the process is as smooth as possible to, to, to make sure that you know, the customer completes the transaction. Mm -hmm. And Wirecard does that. They do it all over the world. They, uh, we, we invested in uh, years ago when the stock was five. Mm -hmm. huh. uh, it's now 140, and we think it's worth more than 200. It, it, wow. It, it is a little bit volatile. It can go up yeah. and down a little bit. Right. But uh, the management is terrific. And we, we also, in the, in the uh, Global Fund, we also own PayPal. We also own this company called Wex, which is another great story. Mm -hmm. they, they do fuel what? cards. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and Just solely fuel cards. Well, they do fuel cards, but the, the new business is B2B transactions, uh -huh. so business-to-business -business transactions. So right now, most small and medium-sized businesses write checks or have direct deposit from the bank. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen is it's all going to be done with cards in the future. And it's, a, it's probably a 20, 30, 40, 50 billion trillion dollar, dollar business. business yeah the, it's the, wex w-e-x yeah and it's these these companies are just fantastic if you had to pick one investment for a long-term diversified portfolio what would it be i'm going to go back to wex i i really like the the story of wex and and the, the idea mm -hmm. of payments between businesses and businesses uh, being done on cards and um, not very many people are doing it yet and I wouldn't be surprised if in the next four or five years somebody buys these, this company. But um, I think the runway for companies in this business and the whole payment space is, is very attractive for the next 
five or ten years. So we will end it there, Mark Yockey. Thank you so much for joining us again on Wealth Trap. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. At the close of every Wealth Track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is make some investments outside of the country. Now, all investors tend to have a home country bias. It's where we live. It's what we know. The U.S. has been the place to invest for the last decade. Our home country preference helped us. But it's late in the economic and market cycle for us. It's early for some other countries, particularly in the emerging markets, where some countries are experiencing economic turnarounds and political reforms. Among Morningstar's favorite emerging markets funds are one from Mark Yockey's firm. Artisan Developing World Fund is rated five-star and is a bronze medalist. The fund is run by an experienced emerging market manager, Lewis Kaufman, who launched it in 2015. It focuses on 40 to 50 high-quality companies, either based in the markets themselves, including frontier markets, or developed market companies with large exposure to emerging markets. An established emerging markets fund run by an experienced team always has a place in a diversified portfolio. Next week, we have an exclusive interview with five-star fund manager David Giroux. If you thought the stock market was risky before, wait until you hear his analysis. In this week's extra feature on our website, history buff Mark Yockey shares one of his recent favorite reads. Please continue to share your thoughts when you reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter and catch up with us anytime on our YouTube channel. On this Memorial Day weekend, join us in remembering those selfless Americans who gave their lives an active military duty to protect the freedoms we so often take for granted. Have a lovely weekend and make the week ahead a profitable and a productive one.